I think at times that we are too prone to shut the book too early on Easter. We get up Easter Sunday morning, we put on our Easter best, we go to church, we hear the resurrection story proclaimed, we go home and have a great Easter lunch with our family, maybe we have some Easter egg hunts in the afternoon with the kids or the grandkids, toward the end of the day we're dog tired, we fall asleep on the sofa, we get up the next morning and we just pick right back up with our Monday routine and go on about life, and a lot of us we'll probably not really think intentionally about the empty tomb until next Easter. You see, I think that sometimes we forget that Jesus didn't just rise from the dead Easter Sunday morning, but that for the next 40 days or so, Jesus kept showing up. He appeared to people, to individuals, to groups. And as I was reflecting on these post-resurrection appearances of Jesus the other day, it occurred to me that each of them, even though they don't get near the publicity, nearly the attention as Easter Sunday morning, each of these appearances, Jesus had a specific purpose. And he used those appearances to teach them and to teach us some very important lessons about life. And so beginning today, we're going to take a look at four of those appearances and see what, if anything, they have to say to us. The first appearance is the one we're halfway into reading about. It happened later that day. Two guys are walking from Jerusalem back to their hometown of Emmaus, which is about seven miles away. They had been in Jerusalem, just like the others had, for the Passover. And they had gotten worked up and involved in all the hysteria of that weekend. And they were among those who believed that Jesus is on his way, Jesus is going to be the Messiah, he is the one that's going to restore Israel to greatness. They were pumped, they were excited. Now Jesus is dead, he's gone, and they don't have anything to do but to walk back home to Emmaus and pick up where they left off with their empty, boring, predictable lives. And as they're walking along, all of a sudden, this guy shows up. Now, we have the benefit of knowing, we know that it's Jesus, because we can read the story. But this guy shows up, starts talking to them, they have no idea who he is. And to be perfectly honest, they don't really care. And the guy says, so, what are you guys talking about? And I think with somewhat of an unbelievable expression, one of them says, are you kidding me? Do you not know, have you not heard what happened to Jesus back in Jerusalem on Friday? And the guy says, no, what, what are you talking about? And then the two begin to go into a a detailed description of what took place last week. And they talk about how Jesus made his way uh, into Jerusalem, riding on the back of a donkey and the great crowds, and talks about how crowds turned on him toward the end of the week, and he was turned over to Pilate, and, and he was crucified on the cross, and now he's dead, he's buried. 
And as Jesus is listening to that, when they're finished, he says, Don't you understand? Everything you just described is exactly, precisely what Scripture says has to happen and will happen when the Christ comes. Even down to the detail of riding into town on a donkey. That was foretold, and it was foretold that the Christ would be crucified and he would die, and yet he would rise in his glory. Now, they still have no idea who this person is. So Jesus continues. And at this point, he gives them a history lesson. He goes into detail, and he goes all the way back to the time of Moses, and, and he begins, he explains the Scripture how all along, through Moses leading the people out of bondage, to Joshua leading the people into the promised land, to the, to the prophets over the next few centuries, of Jeremiah and Isaiah and Hosea and Elijah, how all the prophets, everything in the Scripture has been pointing to the events of this weekend. And what has taken place. And that's the first purpose of this appearance. It was to help them and to help us connect the theological dots. To help them and to help us see the common thread woven throughout Scripture from beginning to end that leads up to this point, that leads to Jesus as the common thread about all of which Scripture is about. You see, everything in the Bible, every recorded act of God's activity, from Moses to the prophets, all of it is about Him. He is on every page. He is in every paragraph. He is in every sentence. He is in every word. Because He is the Word made flesh. Everything in the Scriptures that foretold about the Messiah has now been fulfilled in Him. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He was crucified. Now He is alive. He has been validated as being the Son of God. And that means that everything in this book you can believe. It means that everything that Jesus taught about life is true. His story did not begin in a manger in Bethlehem. It began, it has been a part of the divine narrative since God first created the world. Everything in Scripture points to Him. That's what He wanted them to understand. That's the first reason for this appearance. So what was their response to that? Well, we don't know because we're not told anything. But, but here's what I think. I think as they continue to walk, they listened to everything that Jesus had said about the Scriptures. They listened to that history lesson that they had just been given. And I think they said, you know what? You're exactly right. The Scriptures do say that the Messiah is going to come. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. 
He's going to die a death on the cross. He's going to, he's going to rise again. They believed that. But he just kept on walking. Thinking about what they had heard. Now keep in mind, still, they as of now still have no idea who it is that's talking with them. They believed what they, what they heard. They believed what he said. But they did not realize that it was he, Christ, walking with them. Folks, that describes a lot of people today. There are a lot of folks today who believe what he says. Who believe in the doctrine of the church, who embrace the beliefs of of Christianity, but they don't realize for themselves in any kind of personal way, that he is with them. They don't often, if at all, experience his presence, his love firsthand. They haven't yet come to realize that he walks with them. And and that, I believe, is the other purpose of this appearance. Jesus wants them. Jesus wants us to experience Him walking with us. He wants us to know that He is walking with us. When we are dejected and worried, when we are troubled or afraid, when we are broken over some loss or some disappointment, He wants us to know that He is walking with us. This appearance was not just to confirm to them who He is. It is also to confirm to us that He is with us. And He walks with us. Austin Miles was a songwriter and an amateur photographer who, uh, around Easter time back in 1912, was in his darkroom developing some film. And in that darkroom, he had what he calls a profound religious experience. He had a vision. And in his vision, he said he saw Mary Magdalene walking to the empty tomb that first Easter morning. And then he says that he saw her turn and walk in the other direction toward a garden. And it was in that garden that she saw Jesus, and Jesus called her name. Austin Miles said that that experience and that vision were so profoundly real to him that Uh, When it was over, he was literally shaking. And as a songwriter, he, he knew he had to put that experience to words. And so he wrote a song. As a little boy, 
I remember hearing my grandmother sing that song. It seemed like 24-7. When she was in her garden picking vegetables, she was singing that song. When she was cooking in the kitchen or going about her housework, she was singing that song. The chorus goes something like this. And please feel free to join in. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as song has become a generational favorite for certain generations at funerals. You can almost predict it's going to be sung. And I understand that. But this hymn is really about life and how amazing and confident and sure life can be lived when we know that He walks with us. This appearance is to let you know He walks with you. And so they still haven't figured out who Jesus is. So what was it that enabled them to understand who this stranger was. Well, let's pick back up with the story. And this time, you can read with me verses 28 through 32. When they came to Emmaus, he acted as if he was going on ahead. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us. It's nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. After he took his seat at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. But he disappeared from their sight. They said to each other, Weren't our hearts on fire when he spoke to us along the road and when he explained the scriptures to us? It was in the breaking of bread that their eyes were opened, that they recognized that all the time the Lord had been walking with them. It is still today through the breaking of the bread, that Jesus shows up for us and to us and reminds us of his presence. And so this morning, I'd say to you, if you are here this morning and if you are filled with despair and sadness over some loss or some disappointment like they were, come. And in the breaking of the bread, realized that the Jesus 
who was alive on Easter is alive with you right now. He's with you. If you this morning need to know that you can be forgiven, and right now your life is eaten up with, with guilt or shame over something that causes you to not be able to experience inner peace and calm, you come to the table. And in the breaking of the bread, realize that Christ forgives you and walks with you. If you need to know that you are loved, you come to this table. And in the breaking of bread, realize Christ loves you and he walks with you. Even now, it is through the breaking of the bread that we realize He is here.